what is the value right okay so uh it can be who is watching my uh podcast that would that could be one thing yes. who is watching it what's the demographic you know how many people is it what has been the trend what kind of guests i bring to uh you know can i connect the the, the can i connect the guests with my sponsors there's so many things that you can do and people and, and people for instance i am on i am on i am on podcast interviews three four times a day right so wow wow a day so the time that you spend recording it's the time i spend recording from the guest side every wow. single day you are now listening to stability podcast brought to you by hasnashra this week's episode is sponsored by relief please check our instagram at stability podcast to enter our giveaway with relief thank you now here's the following episode i'm gonna tell you i love coffee hasan you know what I love double espresso. It's double like espresso? I, I, Oh, absolutely. I'm originally from Spain, so we like right. really this strong short coffee. What are you having, Hassan? <laughs> See, here's the thing. I I'm not a big fan of coffee. You know, when I'm going to a coffee shop, I'm ordering like okay, if I'm getting coffee, I'm getting sugar in my coffee. A lot of people don't okay. like that. A lot of people just like their straight black coffee. I don't know how people can drink straight black coffee. Like espresso shots? Oh my god, it's just like taking an alcohol shot. <laughs> I hear you I hear you actually I, I like to put some uh, some raw sugar a little bit of a raw sugar because it changes the taste I, I really like the taste and I have to say that very early on I mean again in Spain we have like coffee machines all over yeah. the place all in the high schools colleges everywhere those vending machines and you get used to drink it with sugar all the time because it comes with sugar. Yeah. So yeah. So I, it's the same here. I, I agree with you totally. What's your coffee shop to go to? Um, do, you, do you go mainstream or do you go local? Well, that's a great question. I I really like to go local because they tend to prepare different coffee. They, they tend to prepare coffee in a different way. Yeah. They tend to be more cautious, more more caring about the kind of coffee that they have already you know, ground for the day, these kinds uh -huh. of things. So, but I really, I really like to go to coffee shops. I mean, uh, if, if you, if probably if you went to my maps, you know, Google yeah. maps, a coffee shop would be probably along with bakery, bakery and coffee shop would be probably the most, what, you know, look, uh, look for uh, terms. Yeah, I know. You know, I, when I was younger, so yeah, when I'm like younger, I have this big idea. I have this imagination that I'm going to go into like, you know how in LA people go to Starbucks and coffee shops and they write out scripts so they can become producers or writer. I have this ideology or this dream to go sit in a coffee shop and write out a book or something and then publish it. That's my big dream is just to go sit in a coffee shop and make a book. Just, just why not? I feel like, I feel I was like going to say, why not say, like coffee shops are the place you know dreams are made in coffee shops exactly low, low and, vibes and i think that coffee shops are meant to be comfortable i mean i mean I, I, obviously you know there's a lot of uh, big chains you know worldwide chains that they have figured it out already but you know i really like the places where not only you smell to coffee but you hmm. also it's comfortable chairs comfortable armchairs the with music a nice, with a nice table you know, soft music, not loud, yeah. but no, soft no, music. Exactly. So you can really, you know, really get into the read that you're reading, the book that yeah. you're reading, or a conversation with someone in the next in the same table or the table next to you. Yeah. And uh, you know, let me tell you something. Yesterday I post on LinkedIn every single day. Yeah. And yesterday I saw a post of someone that was actually she posted a kind of an infographic and she was uh -huh. posting how people used to greet each other on the street, like 
before like 12 months ago right now it's march 2021 <laughs> yeah, and now and and when i saw it they said no way i will keep on hugging yeah. and i will keep on you know kissing whoever allows me to yeah. you, you know what i mean i'm obviously i'm being latino and being from yeah, yeah no I, of course I, I like i like to hug and to kiss uh you know we typically kiss you know ladies you know in both sides of the, yeah both cheeks and everything and i was thinking really i mean this it might it might change temporarily but at the end of the day with the really close people yeah i think that we, we will keep on hugging we'll keep on kissing yeah. honestly with, with you know, honestly yeah, so. honestly i don't think human interaction is going anywhere you have to realize human interaction is so important right you know we're human we're species of that we're human beings cannot live without human contact human interaction and i think a lot of people learned that during covid you know a lot of people are like oh i'm home but i'm a homebody i'm a homebody you know this is my this is for me i can just stay at home as long as i want it's just like you know and when you don't have the option it becomes harder. I know a lot of people that were like, oh, my homebody, my homebody, this isn't going to bother me. It's like, no, you had the option before to go out, but now you don't have the option. They're like, oh yeah, now, you know, I feel kind of lonely. I'm like, it's because the option doesn't exist anymore for you to not be a homebody. And especially people that were extrovert, they noticed that staying at home a little bit was more comfortable. But then after a while, they're like, no, you know, I got to get out. It's been so long. And, you know, I don't think we're, <laughs> we're humans of nature and I don't think we're going to get out of our nature, to be honest. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah, yeah. But let's, I feel the same way. Let's talk about your career, the CEO confidant. What is that? Let's uh, like, what do you do, <laughs> Angel? Like, let, let us let's hear about it. Yeah, thank you. So basically, you know, five years ago, I left corporate America, and I decided I decided to to sit, you know start start my own business, and 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 I was looking for a brand to use, and I thought that the CEO confidant was probably the one that would mostly. Uh, describe what I had done in my life previously. Mm -hmm. So I'm originally, as I said many times already, originally from Spain, but in the last 20 plus years, I've done more than, I've, I've worked with more than 1500 CEOs in 33 different countries. Wow. So, you know, I speak five languages and I've lived in eight different well, uh, countries. Yeah, uh, I speak Portuguese, French, English, Spanish, and Catalan. Wow. And when I was thinking of, you know, when I was thinking of, you know, what I have done with my professional career throughout my life, you know, what, what, where have I been and everything. And I was counting all, every single person I had worked with. And the reason, the reason why I was counting CEOs is because every single time the companies I was working with, I basically worked high tech, worked high tech and, and, and oil and gas. And I was counting for the people I had worked with. And I, and I realized that most of the people I worked with were C-levels because we were working, you know, always doing, always closing deals at a very high level of those right. companies. At those companies, so I realized that I had developed this ability consistently to reach out to C-level executives of many different corporations, many different countries. So I said, okay, so I think that uh, you know it makes sense for me to use the brand, the CEO confident. And uh, you know, I, I searched it and I, I, I see that nobody had it. So I said, okay, so that's going to be my 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 brand and. I started using it in 2016 and it's my brand, very strong brand that, you know, and I use it also to, to, to interview the CEOs of the companies I work with. So yeah, it's, uh, you know, it's, it was kind of an epiphany that, uh, you know, very often what happens Hassan, is that we get so entrenched with what we're doing, you know, on a day-to-day -day basis mm -hmm. that we, we don't look back and we don't count. We don't, you know, kind of, uh, you know, sit down and write down what have I done in my, with my life and what what where have I been and people when you know 
when, when people introduce me and they, they listen to my story, they say, wow. But for me, it was normal. You know, it's, it was as normal for me as, mm -hmm. as any other life for anybody else. You know, so for me, it was something that just my life was, I was so blessed that, you know, my, the companies I was working with and the places where I was at that point yeah. were, were allowed me to, you know, to gather all those connections and to gain so much experience. And that's why, you know, I use, I use the CEO of Confident Brand. So let's talk about where you started, right? So you said you were yeah. from Spain originally, right? So yeah. did you move from Spain to the US or what was the story behind there? Well, I, I've lived in so many different countries. Yeah. So uh, let's say that thanks to the fact that when I was really young, I already spoke English and French besides yeah. Catalan and Spanish. That already put me in a place where I, I remember organizing the, our high school like end of the year trip to France it was two weeks I was myself organizing it with the French mm -hmm. teacher and it was a blast already so that was like my first experience ever organizing a trip and then when I was in college three years in college uh three consecutive years I, I was actually being able I was part of an international organization so I was doing uh, internships or scholarships in different wow. countries so I lived in, in, in uh, three different countries. And the last one I did was actually in Finland for six months. So I lived in Finland for six months. Wow. So and then I, I went back, I finished my, my degree. And then I, I, I studied the second degree, which was, which was an, an MBA. And then in the late 90s, I said, you know, I really would like to have an international experience, but living for long periods of time and working for long periods of time abroad. And I remember I read in that newspaper, actually not even from Barcelona, where I'm uh, uh, from, but from Madrid. And that was, there was this uh, job offer and I, I loved it. I totally loved it. I said, right. okay, so we, even if I have to go to Madrid for the interview, you know, it doesn't matter. It's, you know, it's a few hours uh, a train or a couple of hours flight. I'm going to do it anyway. So I went to that interview. It went very well. I've always done great on interviews. Mm -hmm. And they said, yeah, you're starting. I think that was November. January next year, you'll be you'll be in the UK working with us. I said, wow, wow. okay, <laughs> why not? So, and then that was like the first time I really relocated because my previous experiences abroad was short right. enough. So I was, I, I knew my stay there was going to be like temporary. So I literally closed my house, uh, sold my, uh, all my belongings, actually did an auction with my friends and everything. And then I went, I took my car, and even though the steering wheel is in the, dif in the different side <laughs> in the UK, I, yeah. then I went, drove all France north to the channel, and then, you know, I, 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 I crossed the channel underneath, yeah. and, and, and I was there. And then from there, I, I actually, uh, after a couple of years, almost three years, I moved from the UK to Mexico. That's interesting. Yes. So I the reason why I moved to Mexico was because I had the what was going to be the first ever like spiritual experience in my life. Uh, I, I, when I was working in London, I was, I was uh, given the chance to go for a sales boot camp in uh, Massachusetts. In, the US. Uh, yeah. Near Boston, exactly, in the US. And I said, okay, let's do it. And then I said, well, I'm, I will be already at that side of the ocean. Why? And I asked my, my managers if I could take some vacation in the Americas as opposed to going back to the UK mm -hmm. again. And they said, yeah, 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 why not? So little did I know that that trip, that vacation was going to change my life forever. Yeah. So I had started to read a book when I was in the UK. And when I took my vacation after my boot camp in, in Boston, 
I went to Mexico and then I went to Cuba. And I remember when I finished reading that book that something came to me and it was very clear that I had to change. Yeah. I had to change, you know, I had to make a change, a dramatic change in my life. And don't ask me why. Yeah. I went back to I went back to London and I asked my managers, hey, would you have an opening somewhere in Latin America? And they said, yes, we might have an opening in uh, in uh, Mexico City. I said, wow, okay, let's do it. Why not? Yeah. You know, so I went to I went to Mexico City and I lived there what 10 years. Wow. And that and, and then I changed jobs twice. Uh, and then my last employer said in 2020 and 10, excuse me, said, would you want to relocate to the US so we can offer you a better yeah. position, better job? Uh, and I said, yeah, why not? And then I relocated here to, to Texas, north of Dallas. Yeah. So, wow. You've just been everywhere in a lifetime. It's that's crazy. <laughs> just experience. No, I get that. Like the spiritual thing where you're coming from, right? I think a lot of people at some point in their life have this connect divine connection and they don't really know what it is. But a lot of people make, you know, they call some people call it a midlife crisis, just kind of, but some people call it a midlife crisis. Some people call it something else. And at some point, someone ha people have these things either earlier or later in their life. And that just causes them to totally do a 180. You know, you're, you're on this one amazing path that you're like, you know, I'm mindset. This is it. I'm going here. And it's like, whoa, you know, take a turn. Like, this is not it. Maybe something else is right for you. So I think people tend to do that a lot more often than we think. So what my question is, like, that's, that's amazing. You know, a lot, of, like I said, like you said, actually, so many people say, wow, it's such an amazing story and life is giving you some amazing opportunities, you know? And I think you were able to capitalize on those opportunities and go farther in what you want to do. But with your brand, the CEO Confidant, what do you actually do? Like, what does the job entail? Yeah, so basically both, I have two very, yeah, exactly. So basically I have two very distinct audiences. Mm -hmm. One is accomplished entrepreneurs. And the other one is uh, co corporate CEOs or C-level executives. So basically, you know, both of them, they hire us because we already have mm -hmm. a team. I mean, the CEO Confidence is the brand that we have a team of people behind it. They hire us to bridge the gap globally for expansion and exposure as a way to accelerate the growth of their businesses. Okay, so basically we have developed different business development strategies and marketing strategies that allow us to help them go to other markets uh, in a way that you know uh, they are able to ac accelerate the sales growth, the revenue growth right. of, of their businesses. That's basically what we do, and we apply several strategies. You know, it can be business development means different things for different people. Let's say for an entrepreneur, very often means could you help us localize, customize our offer? I, I don't know. I have a coaching. Yeah. Like I have a coaching practice. I would like to take it to this other geography. I would like you to put me in touch with the right people, the right partners, to, you know, to localize it, to customize it to the to the culture in that particular area. Right. Or it can mean, for instance, I would like to go to Brazil and we would like to connect, connect with the top five, you know, oil and gas companies mm -hmm. in the country. So we can do that. We can set appointments for them in those companies. Or some other companies or people say, hey, we would like to actually identify distributors in those specific countries we can do that as well because that's that's what we can right. do again we i mean I, i've done business in more than 33 countries so i can really go to those countries or or make phones to those countries make phone calls to those countries and talk to people that will help my clients to you know go to those countries and and deploy their business uh, successfully that's right. basically in a nutshell what so what you're basically do. a connection maker you're like a matchmaker. You're like Tinder, but in real life for entrepreneurs <laughs> and CEOs. 
Thank you. Thank you. And you know, something I wanted to, when, when you, it's, it's funny how, you know, one thing is how you position yourself in the market, mm -hmm. right? And, and another thing is probably what you feel inside yourself, what you are. Yeah. And it's funny that you just said that because very often I, 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 I describe myself as the connector of the unconnected, yeah. the connector of the unconnected. You know, I, I, I think, and, and you, you, you said it very well, you know, lots of people have probably had this kind of spiritual experiences. Mm -hmm. I think that we as human beings, we are really unstoppable human beings, uh, divine beings, actually. I mm -hmm. think that we are all divine and we are all unstoppable. And we have this ability of, of uh, allow or help others to connect. And, and as you know, for the last 12 months, again, it's March 2021 mm -hmm. right now, in the last months, I think a lot of people have lost connection at many different levels. I really deeply consider myself a connector in the, of the unconnected also because every time, I mean, when I, when I was in Latin America, I, I lived in Latin America for 10 years, but I, I conducted business there for more than 15. And all the time I was meeting with very powerful people in those companies mm -hmm. I was serving. But at the same time, I was, I was also looking or I was also meeting with all these kids. As you know, in Latin America, it's very common that do you go in, you know, on the streets and you see kids that are offering you to do something, you stop at the traffic light, those kids are trying to sell something to you or to, to wash your right. windshield while you're waiting, you know, that's very common. So that's why I also, I decided before I left corporate America, I, I had this, this decision uh, to create Wisdom for Kids. And, right. you know, I'm, I'm the co-founder and president of Wisdom for Kids and it's, it's a charity, it's a foundation, international foundation. What we do is we help underprivileged kids in Latin America, become entrepreneurs using the local resources. Yeah. That's why definitely I think that I am at that place in which I, 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 I've been blessed with doing everything I've done, but really at the end of the day to connect, mm -hmm. to connect the unconnected because there's more and more and more and more unconnected people right now in the world. Right. No, I get that. And it's not just Latin America. I like, I'm originally from Pakistan, right? So I, I was, I grew, I was born there and, you know, I was six when I moved from there to Canada where I live now. Right. And it's crazy because you talk about, you know, these kids coming up and cleaning their thing. That's just Asia in general. That's just Asian countries and Latin American countries. It's just the poorer countries in general. Like you, you don't see that here as often because there's just so many different there's just so many more i don't know like there's not as many kids on the street as there are back home like back home and all these other countries like i think it's there's it's a little better here but it's not that good there are some areas i'm sure there's some areas in the u.s and canada you can go to and there's kids probably doing that they're probably selling something on the street looking for money or like going door to door and i'm i guarantee there's it's happening but we just don't see it in the mainstream right because we're just busy on our own lives the one thing about the thing is that in this world everyone's like mind focused they're just like narrow tunnel vision right everyone's got tunnel vision no one is looking anywhere but straight they're like oh you know i know where i'm going i don't care anything else like you know and growing up like to be honest like the biggest thing for me is being able to you know exactly what you're saying like connection maker you know i want to be able to help people meet people you know and be able to become successful on their own like you know you don't want to be the person who's like let me carry you to success but be like let me connect you to success you know let me give you the tools and let's see what you can do with these tools i can guide you but i don't want to be the one creating that success because then at the end of the day you just did what anyone else would say, oh, it's you only you're only successful because the guy up there, you know, he he's he made you successful. It's like, no, I 
You know, I had the tools, but I used those tools myself. Right. And so I, I love what you're doing. And that's amazing. And it's just interesting to see it's because that kind of ideology, I think a lot of people should, it's just human decency. You know, you become successful. You should share that success. You should st- share your tips and tools. But I think a lot of times what people get stuck is in is that, oh, anyone that becomes sex- successful is going to sell a course. They're going to try and sell a course to me. You know, you know, they're going to be like, oh, for five hundred dollars, you can learn how to use Shopify. It's like I can do that on YouTube. I can search up how to use, you literally going, you know, what saddens me is when people are like, oh, I paid $500 for the Shopify course. And I'm like, dude, you can go on YouTube and all the courses are for free. I don't know why you paid $500. And it's like someone scammed you out of $500 that if you were willing to learn, could have just learned on YouTube or called up someone. And I'm hundred percent guarantee you, if you called up an e-commerce store, they would have been so grateful to let you know the tips and like nickets on how to like use Shopify. As a person who's successful and especially the CEO confident, what's your opinion on selling courses to people? Well, that's obviously, I, I think that, well, number one, I think that selling courses to people is good. Right. Within, within you know, up to a point. Like, right. I mean, um, obviously we all have certain, you know, certain let's say, expertise, mm-hmm. certain knowledge that we want to put out there to the world. And also looking, look, looking at courses from a different perspective, you know, if you ask me what's my main challenge right now is that my business is too dependent on me. Right, right, right. <laughs> That's why people put courses. It's not only to make money, but also it's also, I would love to put, you know, some of the magic sauce that we're discussing yeah. today here and some of the magic sauce I learned in all those 33 countries doing business, blah, blah, blah. I would like to put it somewhere so that people could buy it. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. so at the end of the day, at the end of the day, I think that it's not... It's it's not only that the people are selling courses. It's I mean, what's the what's the right price point? Yeah, exactly. What's the, what's the right price price point? And and what is also the value behind the course, right? What's the value? Because I mean, I agree. I I, I mean, I've I've probably bought thousands and thousands. Probably you have as well, right? Yeah. Thousands and thousands of dollars in on, in, in courses, uh, but all these courses I took, all of them, they had a thirty day or a sixty day warranty mm-hmm. all of them so you know i was really impressed about what i did so i think that it's good to do some due diligence before you buy some right courses. right yeah so again it, it really depends on you know what you are you trying to accomplish can you get a lot of information on youtube and other platforms absolutely a ton i mean a, a ton but what is the line right what is the line between a free course mm-hmm. and a course that's going to give you the additional edge to really make a difference in, in your life. And I think that's also very important. You know, what is what is that $500 course going to give you that you're not going to find on YouTube? That's that's the main difference, right? I think that's that's important for people to do their own due diligence. And I have to I have to just share something because we have been talking about this consistently since no, we started of course, our conversation, of course. which is very often very often when we're talking about opportunities 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 mm-hmm. traveling blah 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 very often I'm being asked, what advice, what piece of advice would you go, would you give to your younger angel, yeah, your yeah, 10 yeah, year yeah. old angel, ah. your 15 year old angel, your 20 year old angel? Believe it or not, Hassan, I would tell my, my, my younger me, I would tell him, take more risks, be more open. You were, t- you were talking, you were, you were, you were yeah, explaining yeah. tunnel vision and we live in our world and everything. Even, even, even everything I've done, even though I've done as much as I have, 
I would still go back and take many more risks. I mean, I have no doubt about what I'm telling you. No, I would yeah. be more open to possibilities, more open to opportunities, and I would be more prone to say yes than to say no. You know, I, I probably remember two or three opportunities I missed in my life, but, you know, there's so much, I mean, so much open for us that we don't see. We just don't see it. And it's all, all the time for us out there, all the time out there. Last year, when I was helping several you know, uh, business accelerators here in Dallas, in the Dallas community. I was, uh, I was, I actually gave uh, a couple of webinars to these business mm -hmm. owners about pivoting in times of crisis, pivoting in times of crisis. And there's a lot of people that were reinventing themselves last year. And also there were people coming out of corporate America trying to set up their own businesses. Yeah. They were hesitant, right? They were on the fence. And I would always tell them, by definition, you are unique. Nobody. I mean, even, even if, let's say you found and it's, it's not that difficult. You found someone that's done business in 80 countries and uh, has had, you know, higher, I don't know, higher responsibility in their companies, larger companies, whatever it is, you know, um, he still is going to have a different experience, completely different experience. And he, that experience will be unique. And the person that has only visited five countries, he will have had different experience. So what I'm trying to say is we all have a unique experience and there's always going to be people out there that will resonate with their experience always, all the time. And there's always going to be people that will want to buy the product or the service that they provide. So there's it, that thing that you are not enough to provide the service, you're not enough to be your own, to be your own boss, you're not enough to become a consultant or a trainer or a coach, doesn't exist. There is always going to be people that are going to be you know, are going to be aligned with you. People that, are, as soon as they hear your message, they hear your story, they hear the way you phrase things, they're going to be attracted by you, by definition. That's why I always encourage people to become their own bosses and to become entrepreneurs, right. because because it's really worth it. And how, I mean, looking at how things are going in the, in the world right now, I think it's it's important always to have a a plan B. Yeah, or, or 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 being able to execute a couple of plans at the same time, uh, so that you feel more also comfortable to to whatever to the uncertainty that might be coming our way. No, oh, right. Like for example, like I'm a 20 year old, right? I'm just second year in college, like almost on second year, and you know I started up this project. I've started up a few projects, but like you know, what would you tell a 20 year old kid in this day and age? what he should be doing to be able to start up a side hustle that could become successful. You know, for example, I'm going to, I'm going to be a little selfish here because I'm here getting advice, you know, Thanks. for this podcast, like, you know, I started up a podcast, like, you know, it, it is some, I feel like this idea is pretty unique. There's not a lot of stuff out there like this, that, and there, I think there's a market for it, right? There's a market, there's a niche market out there that people are looking for some content like this. What would you tell someone like this trying to grow his brand? Who's been only doing it for like five months. Yeah, well, number one, take imperfect action now, okay? So, you know, write down all those ideas that you have, mm -hmm. the, the most crazy, the better, you know, the better, um, and really take imperfect action now. Don't wait for, an, for a specific idea that you have in your mind. Don't wait until it's perfect. Right. Just, try, just try to implement it immediately. That's the first thing. That's the number one thing. Every time that you have one of these brilliant ideas, start implementing it right away right away don't worry about what the people what the world is going to say about it if it's not perfect if, if that graphic design 
if that if that verbiage, if that positioning, if that whatever it is, that video is right. not perfect. It doesn't matter. Don't worry about it. Just take imperfect action now. That's number one. Number two, <clears throat> persistence. Be persistent. If you are creating a new brand, be persistent. Be persistent and start being out there consistently interacting with your audience immediately. Mm-hmm. You, don't need, you don't need to be a 25-year-old graduate. You don't need to be a 35-year-old pre-burned out, burnt out executive to do this. Go out there and start interacting in conversations with people. When people realize that you are a 20-year-old or a 21-year-old, you know, they will help you because we all want to help people. Last mm-hmm. year, I helped a ton of people, a ton of people I helped last year. Again, we all want to help people, to be honest. Mm-hmm. So number one, taking perfect action. Number two, uh, be consistent. Number three, start interacting with who you think is your audience as soon as possible. And again, you can say, you know, I interact online, of course, because you don't have, you just still yeah. don't know them as soon as, you know, gates open and, and, and networking events are out there. Go to those networking events. And you know what? How many, I, I used to go to a lot of face-to-face networking events. How many 20-year-olds would show up? None. Hassan, none. Yeah. Zero. Zero. What do you think that most of the executives of those, on, those, on those face-to-face meetings, gatherings, what do you think that we would have done if you had shown up? Help. Exactly. Yeah. How many 20-year-olds go there? None. None, <laughs> none, and those, those are, and those, you know, gatherings are open for everybody and to everybody. Yeah, so, you know what I mean. And it's a very, and it's a very simple piece of advice, but nobody does it. Like this one, Hassan. There's hundreds of ideas, yeah. hundreds of things that a 20 year old, because they feel they're not enough, they would never do. Guess what? <laughs> I wish I had done it when I was 20 years old. I wish, I wish I had done this. I wish I had gone to networking events. I wish I had been more involved with many other, you know, um, uh, organizations, organizations and associations and, and events. Why not? Why not? Just ask, just ask. We never ask. We don't ask. We are afraid to ask. And you know, what's crazy. You know, what's crazy angel. And I think it's so funny is because that's what I came to the conclusion, right? When I started this podcast, right? This podcast is me asking people to be on here, right? I'm, I'm the one reaching out. I'm the one being like, Hey man, like, I love what you do. I love what's happening in your life. I want to know, give me advice. I'm here to soak in everything. You know, I was that one 20 year old kid that did go to those, um, those connection places, you know, I went to those places, you know, and here's my question to you. What does a 20 year old ask someone to make a connection with them? Because, you know, I feel like I feel like you, a lot of kids and a lot of like 20, early 20s, people are pressured, you know, they're pressured into like thinking like, oh, I have to ask these big questions. If I don't sound profound, if I don't sound elegant, if I don't sound professional, you know, people are going to put me to the side and be like, this is just a kid. You know, I've, I'm telling you from personal experience, I've talked to a lot of people and, you know, and I'm talking about successful, not even successful, but people of like higher up companies and they'll be like, oh, you're just 20. You have a lot of time. You don't need to do this. You go find your own. It's like, no, I need, I need you to give me a chance. You know, I need you to give me the chance to show you that I'm motivated. I'm dedicated. I can do something with my life. If you give me the chance and to let me shadow you and see what you're doing. So I can possibly integrate that into my own lifestyle and show you and awesome. produce something even 
worth your time, right? And I think a lot of times, you know, they say, tell us, go to these connecting events, right? But these people are out here looking for older people, right? Like I, I'm telling you, when I was an 18, I was 18 going to these connecting events and they would look at me and they're like, what are you? I'm like, I'm a first year in my first three months. They'll be like, oh, that's great. You have time. Come back to us when you're 21, 22. We'll, and before you graduate, we'll, we'll let you know like what we think. And it's like, you just shot down an 18 year old kid showing promise into this world and showing you that he's dedicated and showing up to these events where there's 22 years old and he's the only 18 year old, probably the youngest person in this event. And they, you tell them, Oh, I'm sorry. You know, come back to us when you're in your third and fourth year. What benefit is it to me in my third and fourth year? I I'm not ahead of anyone. I'm at the same level as everyone else during that time. How do I get that opportunity at a younger age? Like, it's just, it's difficult sometimes. No, no, of course. I mean, I'm not saying it's easy because no, I mean, yeah. there's a lot of things to overcome. I mean, let me tell you a personal story. When I was a kid, my, I, I was raised in an environment in which we would never go visit anybody. Yeah. We were four kids, mom and dad, you know, um, let's say middle-class family. And we would never go visit anybody. You know why? Because my mom and my dad, mostly my mom, but both, they would say, we don't want to bother anybody. We don't yeah. want to visit them, not to bother them. You know, and obviously I myself completely different to that. I mean, I think that if we, if we bother someone, they will tell us. Yeah. No, you're right, you're right. <laughs> you know, so the reason why I'm, I'm telling you this is because I think number one, is there's an education, there's, there's, there's the school system. There's, there's lots of things that we unfortunately surround us with when we are kids that we don't have control over that makes us be feel inadequate <coughs> and not enough, okay? That's number one. Number two, you, you said, I need you now. I need you now, you said. You used the yeah. word need. Uh, obviously, I would change that word, and instead of need, I would say want. Yeah, right. You know, it just that's just, you know, because I think it's important. And when someone feels that you are genuine, I mean, I would have never, I go to so many events that whenever, right. whenever a kid, comes to me, let's say a kid, okay, an 18 year old, 20 year old comes to me and asks me to do something or even to mentor me. I mean, I do this with 30 years old. Right. You know, and I remember, I can tell you actually a story. I went to the Dallas Startup Week many years ago and there were a group of four young, you know, entertainer slash entertainment slash filmmakers, very creative kids, like they were 18 and 19. And I said, and, and they asked me, hey, We've heard what you do, blah, blah, blah. We would like to be in your world. Yeah. How can you help us? And they came to me and I devoted to them hours and hours and hours and weekends yeah. and everything. At the end of the day, they dropped the ball. But it wasn't me. You know, they yeah, dropped no, the ball. Yeah, exactly. And, I, and I, you know, I was telling them everything I knew. And I was saying, we should do this. We should do that. Yeah. We should do that. We should do that. We should do that. And I was telling them specific things. Hey, let's take one path and let's start doing this. Yeah. That's the path. That's the project. That's the path. Let's start doing this together. Eventually, they separated. You know, they split, and and everybody went to different in different directions. So again, what I'm trying to say is, if you are genuine, people are going to pay attention to you. Yeah. Maybe that was the wrong person, or that was the wrong event. You know, but right. be so obviously. Don't pretend to be anybody that you are not. Exactly. Be completely transparent, completely yourself. If you want some, be very specific about what you want. Okay, right. so don't just tell them, I would like your support. I would like you to mentor me. No, no, no. Yeah. I would like to do the A, B, C, and D. And I would like you to tell me 
what would be your suggestion to get from A to B and the B to C and B and C to D, you know? Right. Be very specific. Just being specific and saying, I want you to help me do this, you know, and to mentor me. I don't have money right now, but I would like to do this for you in return. Nobody does this, Hassan. Hassan I'm writing down notes. I'm writing down oh, notes. Please do, please yeah. do. Because you know what? People tend to think, oh, an 18 year old doesn't know anybody. This guy is not gonna open any door for me. Why should I spend 30 seconds more? Why should I not move to the next executive who's already drinking his, his cocktail in this meeting event, in this yeah. networking event, and he might have some business for me and for my company, right? So, I mean, unfortunately, I think differently. And right. I think that everything happens for a reason. And I know for a fact that 18 year olds like you, they might have a friend who's a friend or who, 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 who's, you know, who maybe has a cousin or a, or, or, or a father or, or a relative who might have a business that might be of interest, you know, to me, you know what I mean? No, so maybe course. it's not you, but if you go there open to receive and also to give, I can guarantee you that we're going to find, you know, some, we're going to find some common ground. Right. And don't forget this. You're going there to ask to receive, but you have to be open to give as well. Right. Okay. So be open to give, be open to give because something I've learned throughout my life is that it's just, we tend to, we tend to not know how to collaborate. Hassan, yeah. nobody teaches us how to collaborate. Right. And it's really saddening, really saddening because collaborating means quid pro quo, means I do this for you and you do this for me. And there's nothing wrong. There's nothing wrong about asking. No, of course. There's nothing wrong. And again, if I, if, if, you know, obviously, you know, I have probably a, a powerful Rolodex, right? I mean, 82% of my 27,000 connections on LinkedIn are C-level executive. Wow. But, but what? I guess that if we go over your Rolodex, you probably know, you know someone that might help me or I might help them. But if you, as far as you are open to give, as besides to receive and to ask for, I'm sure that we're going to find a common ground and we'll be able to really help each other. No, of course. And I, I love what you said. Be able to give. I was writing down notes because the things that like at this at this very moment, I'm looking to get sponsorship for my podcast, right? Because I'm like, I've put in probably 10 hours a week on my episodes, right? I'm doing probably four or five interviews a week. That's five, six hours of my day gone right there. Plus I'm going to school. Like, you know, there's a lot of stuff that goes into it. And I have all these ideas, but it's like, how do I support these ideas, right? I need a backing to support these ideas. And the best way I've come up with is like, I need to get my podcast sponsored. I need to get people to sponsor my episodes, you know, get people to be interested in this idea. Okay. Analytics come and go, right? Your, your podcast is going to grow. It's going to, some episodes are going to do well. Some episodes are going to not do so well, right? They're, that's uh, that's inevitable. But the consistency, like, you know, I've been posting every single Monday at 6 p.m. every single week, right? I'm keeping that consistency for the past five and a half months, right? I'm like, I'm not letting go of that consistency. Even yesterday, my com podcasting computer died. I was like, it's okay. You know, don't worry about it. I'm going to find a different computer, found a different computer in the house, uploaded my episode. Like I'm going to upload my episode today. I downloaded it on this computer. I'm like, I'm going to get it up there. It's Monday at 6 PM. This episode is going to be uploaded and people are, I'm going to be here for everyone at 6 PM on Monday. Like that 
I've made a commitment to myself and I'm going to keep it, right? I'm not going to break that commitment. And I love when you said be open, right? The thing with I'm having in the marketing issue is, right? Like I have this list of local businesses I want to call up and be like, hey guys, you know, I'm doing this. I love your support, right? But the thing with local business, like they don't want to support someone unless they know they're going to get something back in return. But now my question is, how do you show people that you're open for that collaboration, open for return? Like, how do you show people that you have value? You know, how does someone who, you know, just started this little project that's, that's become like a little bit more like a medium sized project. How do you show that you can bring value to their company that, you know, you can possibly charge them for? Well, remember that value is relative, right? Right. Value is relative. Perception is reality for everybody. So everybody has a different perception. Not everybody needs the same thing. Okay, not everybody says, so the first thing I would do, the same thing I did when I left Corporate America, like writing down how many clients have I served and what's the level of the executives I've been working with, I would do the exact same thing. I would sit down, literally, Hassan, and I would say, okay, so what is the value that I can provide with what I'm doing today? What is the value? Right. Okay, so uh, it can be who is watching my uh, podcast. That that could be one thing. Who is watching it? What's the demographic? You know, how many people is it? What has been the trend? What kind of guests I bring to, uh, you know, can I, connect the, 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 can I connect the guests with my sponsors? There's so many things that you can do. And people, and, and people for instance, I am, on, I, am on, I am on podcast interviews three, four times a day. Right. Sorry. Wow. Wow. A day. So the time that you spend recording, it's the time I spend recording from the guest side every wow. single day. Obviously, I can do that because I have a team, right? right? Obviously, you know how much time it goes into this, right? I have a team, so they do that. They do all the scheduling. They do all the all the, all those things. They respond to all the questions, blah, blah, blah. They right. screen the shows for me, everything, right? Nobody has ever asked me, nobody has ever asked me, would you be willing to talk to my sponsors, for instance, yeah. and to provide value to the sponsors? Yeah. So again, be open to think about a lot of different possibilities with everything that you do, okay? Right. Just sit down and put a long list of things that you can provide value to someone. And then decide who do you think is more prone to be open to get that value, right. to pay for that value. And then my, my, my answer, my, excuse me, my suggestion to you is the only way that you can know if your value is valuable for a potential sponsor is having a conversation. And yeah. the, conversation the conversation can be you go face to face and you meet them at their store, yeah. if it's a store. Okay, or if you meet them at a networking event or you call them up, whatever that is, but you have to have that conversation. And instead of saying, I'm calling you to sell my services, you can say, hey, I'm just starting my business. This is not a sales call. Yeah. I would like to learn about the strategy of companies like yours because I'm completely lost and I have to learn a lot. I'm still, yeah. I'm, 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 I'm starting college. I need, to, I, I need to know more. And I would like you to ask you a few questions. This is, you know, just be honest. Just be humble. Yeah. I need to have market feedback before I sell this. I need market feedback. And just so have a conversation. The thing is that, like, you know, I, I think I've made two call, three call. I made three calls for mar- like the marketing and sponsoring, right? One person told me straight up, no. And I was like, you know, it hurt. You know, the, the third call, I mean, the first two calls were like, let us let you know, we'll talk with our board and let you know, right? I was like, oh, very optimistic. I was like, wow, you know, that's that one better than I thought. But, you know, and it, it sucks every time you get a rejection, it, it bites you down the thing. And the rejection was more like, you know, no, you know, my friends even asked me to do this. And I, you know, I said, no. 
And the things that like, I get that, like, I understand that. And for me, it was just like, it, it took a little bite. I was like, oh, that's like, but you know, when I got a yes from someone, I was like, whoa, you know, this is possible. So, you know, it, it's the continuous process of always doing it. I think a lot of us, especially as you get older, even when you're younger, rejection hurts, no matter what it is, right? When someone says no to you, doesn't matter how old you get, doesn't matter how young you are, rejection will always hurt. And I think- Let me tell you. Let me, t- let me tell you a piece of advice. I'm sorry to interrupt you because no, I don't ahead, want to ahead. let this go. Okay, so the, this is the piece of advice. Make your defeats wins. Make your defeats wins. Right. What if, what if instead of having, let's say, a goal of, I want to have one yeses this week. Why don't you make the, the goal to be, I want to have 20 no's this week. Smart. I want to have 20 no's this week. I want to have 20 no's. So every no is, yes, I got another no. Yes, I got I got another no. You know what I mean? Right, no, optimism. No, no, what I'm trying to say is that if you make the no's a goal, then you feel comfortable with, you feel a little bit more comfortable. I know that the no is not going to pay your bills. I know that, I get that, right? Oh, yeah. But make it a goal. Make it a goal. Make the no's a goal so you feel much better with the no's. Right. It's so simple, no, honestly. It, and it works. It really, really, really works. Right. So just do that. It's very simple. And remember, from now on, after what we talked about, yeah. it, you are not going to say the same thing. No. You're going to say different things. You're going to say, hey, I'm an 18-year-old. I'm thinking of, of starting my own business be, about, yeah. you know, because, because of everything that's going on in the world. You know, and I, w- I would really, as, as you're a local business, you know, I would like to ask you just your support, just answering a few questions yeah. about Marketing. how you, how would you position what I would like to do or what am I currently doing? Yeah. And then obviously the most important question is, I just launched a podcast. To make that podcast of value to you, what should you see? What should you find? What should you find? What should you see on my podcast? So that would be valuable for you as the business that you are today. What? And then they will tell you, well, to us really for a podcast, to be, you know, something that we would invest in, that podcast should be A, B, C, D, E, F, whatever it is. Hey, for the first time, you have a list right. of criteria of, you know, businesses like that one, and you know the criteria that they would choose in order to hire someone like you, right? Right. So then you know something. You see, feedback from the market is the most important value that you get from those 20 no's. Yeah. 20 no's, 20 no's, which will not be no, because actually you're asking for help for your you know, business that you're not right. just launching, right? Um, it's it's going to be it's gonna be 20 feedbacks. Let's say you get 15 feedbacks or even 10 feedbacks. 10 valuable quality, high quality feedbacks are extremely, extremely valuable for your business right now. And I guarantee you, you're going to get an sponsorship extremely, extremely fast. And uh, well, I'm sure you're gonna you're gonna send me an email as soon as you get your first sponsor. I will, sure, of course, I'm, of course, of course, of course, you will, and you will tell me, Angel, you were right. No, of course, this advice is so helpful. Like you know, you get you, you get in this mindset of like rejection and stuff, and you're like oh, you know, beat yourself up. But you know, I've been through that. You know, I have been through it. But I think every time it is, you're trying something new, and every time you're doing that new thing, that rejection hurts a little bit. But I think you just got to get over that one step. And you're right. You know, I got to start thinking of as no's as accomplishments. It's like and. 
you know, I never thought of market feedback, right? Like I'm new to this business side of the world. Market, we t- I watched Dragons, then I've watched Shark Tank, right? You know, they're always like, oh, what's your market feedback? What's your business like? How much money are you making? This is, you know, all these things. It's like, oh, I understand what they're saying, but when you have to implement it yourself, it's a totally different story. That's like anything, right? You're like, oh, I can play soccer, but it's like, can you play professionally? It's like, yeah, it's not that hard. And then it's like, you get on the field with Lionel Messi, you like Cristiano Ronaldo. You're like, never mind, I can't do this. This is even professionals are like, I give up at this point, right? But yeah, what kind yeah. of advice would you give, you know, to someone starting their own business? or someone who is trying to start their own business, what is the first steps they should be taking towards that? Uh, you know, as I was mentioning before, when, when I help people pivot or reinvent themselves, I always, I always put in front of them four different things. Number one, what are they passionate about? Number two, what's their expertise? And, and expertise is not the same as what they're passionate about. Expertise is that thing that people around them tell them, hey, you are so good on this. I'm good. You are so good, so good on this that I would like your advice. That's that's what you're expert on. Okay. So number one, passion. Number two, expertise. Number three, the the, the market feedback. What does the market think about your service or your product? And and the last one is is the market willing to pay for it? Right. Is the market willing to pay for it? Those are the four things. Those are the four things that everybody. When they, they're thinking of starting their own business, their first business, they have to take into consideration right. the four things, passion, expertise, market feedback, and is the market willing to pay for that? Right. Those are the four things. No, that's awesome. Like, you know, those are the four things that I never really thought, like the, the first thing I thought was, what, what am I passionate about? What am I good at? I took that around with it. I never really looked into the market feedback. I never looked into, you know, is it, is, is it something that's sellable, you know? And the next time I start up a business, probably in a few months, I'm going to do that. I'm going to, those are the four steps I'm going to take to do that. And I, I love that. And, you know, now I'm going to have someone to contact and be like, Hey, I just started this business. What do you think? I think this is a good idea. I'm going to send you an email and see what you have to say about it. Um, so Angel, I really appreciate you giving me your time of day and your really busy schedule. Uh, this you. conversation was amazing. Uh, especially the expression shots, like, Holy, <laughs> that's gonna, that's <laughs> gonna keep me awake for a while. Thank you for listening to Stability Podcast, hosted by Hassan Ashraf. All brand new episodes of Stability Podcast are posted on Mondays at 6 p.m. For more news on Stability Podcast, please follow our Instagram at Stability Podcast, our Twitter at Stability underscore pod, and our YouTube channel, which you should subscribe to at Stability Podcast. Thank you.